Hey, want to learn about the latest trends in digital marketing? In today's connected world, information is plentiful and always changing. It's difficult to keep up. Each week, we bring you the latest digital marketing news in easy, digestible format. Say goodbye to hours of research and learn everything you need to know right here. You are listening to This Week in Marketing. Hey everyone, welcome back to This Week in Marketing Show, also known as The Dream Show. I'm your host, Ajit Islam, and today I'll be going over the notable news and updates in the week of digital marketing in the digital marketing space from the week of January 4, 2021. Today, first off, we're going to start off with Instagram. Uh, so Instagram basically rolled out, uh, is testing out a new format for stories on desktop. Uh, what this essentially means is that, you know, Previously, users uh, who were going Instagram, who were going to Instagram and from a website, from a desktop or from a web browser, you know, when they would to look at stories, it would basically take over the whole screen. It wasn't very user friendly and things like that. So now what they're doing is they're making an update that rolling out uh, testing they're testing it out and they're basically making an update where they will uh, put the stories in a carousel format. Now, the question is, Sajid, why does it matter they're testing it? Why are you covering it in the Twim show? And if you're asking that question, that's a great question. So here is, let me, let me give you my big uh, feedback on my breakdown. Number one, Instagram has always been a mobile first platform. What that basically means, Facebook has always said, oh, our users are going into mobile and you know we are gonna be mobile friendly. We are gonna only focus on mobile and we're gonna create an app for Apple and we're gonna create an app for Facebook and things like, or Google and things like that. So now in the last few months, a lot of interesting development has happened. You know, we saw Apple roll out uh, updates in iOS 14, IDFA, which is basically prevents uh, companies like Facebook, Snapchat, and anyone or any app maker to track their users across the board. It's just uh, Apple did that. And Facebook is realizing, you know what? We got to have, right now, we are very reliant on Apple or Google for Instagram. If for some reason we are not able to track and people are not using desktop, then we are screwed. So they're actually realizing, rethinking the mobile first approach. That's number one. And number two is they also realize that, you know, not everyone goes to Instagram from the mobile. Forcing everyone to go only from mobile, it alienates alienates there a lot of user base. If you look at your Google Analytics for your website, you'll probably see that maybe 50% of your website visitors are from mobile. But if you just say, I only want mobile only and you don't want to do, uh, I don't want to care about website or desktop traffic and things like that, then you're losing the other 50%. The mobile first has been pushed by Google, right? That's their agenda that they pushed and then the whole world went with it. So coming back to here, what I'm talking about is that Folks, if you're listening to this, there's an interesting development happening in the social media space. We saw how TikTok has actually been mobile-only platform, but then they actually have invested a lot in websites and desktops and things like that. And Instagram, aka Facebook, realizing this and they're realizing, and they have a lot more data, right? They have Facebook as well, uh, which is the parent company of Instagram, their WhatsApp. They're realizing they cannot just be mobile-only because if they do, and for some reason they 
get into the crosshairs of Apple or Google because they are the only two dominant mobile operating systems out there. There's no third one. Blackberries, no one uses it. Microsoft folded and they went away. So who else is there, right? So they're like super reliant and Instagram and Facebook, whoever you, whatever way you call them, they make money from advertisement by pushing people into just only, you know, mobile only. It was really challenging. That's number one. Number two, they realized they're users. So what this means for you and me as a small business owner is that, look, we no longer have to buy into this mobile only option notion. We can, if we have a website, we can might as well like, you know, uh, kind of stay on it and maybe think of mobile and maybe try to become a cross-platform website. Uh, so let's, it just gives us more breathing space because I have spoken to a lot of business people, uh, business owners in the past where they said, oh my God, we are not a mobile first company. What are we going to do? The sky is going to fall. That's not the case. With this, what it signals is that Instagram is realizing and Facebook is realizing that they mo desktop can actually be uh, a viable option as well. So what basically means is that desktops are going to be here, laptops are going to be here, they're not going to go anywhere. There's going to be a certain portion of users who are going to be, uh, you know, uh, on mobile. The other thing is people who, when usually they are scrolling on mobile, they're like flipping through very quickly. Right. So maybe on desktop, they're going to stay longer. So we will watch this space closely and see what comes out of it. But I think this is a very interesting space in terms of how uh, Facebook is signaling uh, certain things. With that, let's move on to the next one, which is Snapchat. Snapchat basically relaunched their partner solutions pro for program, uh, program for advertisers. So in the past, they basically launched this couple of options back in 2016, which is about now five years old. Uh, uh, and they back then they had two uh, categories for partners. One was uh, I think one was called ad partners. The other one was creative par partners. Now Snapchat's coming around and they're basically saying, well, hold up, guys, we don't want to have this anymore. We are uh, evolving. The company is evolving. In, it's moving into more into a augmented reality and other stuff. So they're like, you know. It's no longer just an ad platform. They're basically creating new two categories called strategic partners and certified partners. So for strategic partners are people or partners, organizations, which are creating specialized technology using the Snapchat market API, provides marketers with advanced and differentiated ad buying solutions that improve the workflow efficiency and ad performance, right? These Partners are among the best in providing Snapchat-specific guidance and delivering excellent outcomes. So if you want to create an ad agency, you are becoming a uh, for Snapchat, you are basically becoming a strategic partner. Now, the other category is certified partners that provide brands with advertising expertise through Snapchat's marketing API and campaign execution. Their support technology leads to more effective execution optimization uh, and analysis of advertising campaign. Now, at a high level... You know, it's not really doesn't sound a whole lot of difference. But I think what happens, in my opinion, is if you become a strategic partner, you are going to become like, you know, uh, help them also uh, create augmented reality type solutions. And that uh, remains to be seen. Again, the partners are going to get a partner still. They have a new uh, badge, which is Snapchat logo underneath. There's his marketing partner. What does this mean? 
it basically means that, you know, they are creating new formats. Snapchats actually has seen the popularity rise amongst the uh, Zen Zers, uh, the new generation. They're loving it. They're using it more. They're into augmented reality. Uh, Apple 12 has augmented reality built into it. I believe this newer Samsung also has the same thing. So this is actually creating very interesting space, right? And if you are someone who is looking to connect, collect, connect with the new generation and TikTok is not your thing and Facebook is obviously older demographic and it's just like in you know, a very topsy-turvy like you know it's a roller coaster ride when it comes to ad stuff Snapchat might be a good thing for you right okay with that let's move on to the next one which is basically a quick title is is Apple waging a war against Facebook and Snapchat which is basically like touched a little bit on it on the Instagram update uh uh, again, Apple's rolling out updates, which is basically causing Facebook to sweat bullets. I mean, even though other advertisers such as Snapchat and uh, forgot who the other TikTok and everyone else is going to be affected. But Facebook is really taking it to heart. They've taken out ads on newspapers saying, you know, how Facebook stands uh, for s- small businesses, how they prefer, you know, Apple doesn't do that, blah, blah, blah. If you ask me, it's just, you know... I think it's just a, uh, it's just a show. We all know if you have advertised on Facebook that you know Facebook's been like you know really a platform that's uh, you cannot really rely on it hundred percent. Your ads, accounts, things like that can get banned, and we have covered that again and again on this show. So I don't want to go repeat, be a broken record, but. Uh, what this also may mean that, you know, how Facebook wants to show that it's no longer a monopoly because they have uh, lawsuits against them from a couple of the states, a few of the states in the U.S. that they are no longer a monopoly. You know, they are at the mercy of Apple and they want to deflect some of those blame away from them, right? So, again, nothing for us to do, how it plays out. We will see again for a small business if you're advertising uh, on Facebook or Snapchat through uh, and you have a lot of users on Apple, you may see some, uh, you know, drop off or some campaign uh, tracking to be incorrect. Is that going to be the end of the world? You know, it's something no one really knows. A lot of people are talking about it. Facebook advertisers are scrambling. They're creating like all these things, but no one really knows how this thing is going to all fall. The best thing for you to see is go into your Google Analytics and see how what percentage of your visitors are coming from Apple device, aka, uh, you know, that would probably make more sense. Right. Again, I don't think you can really see if they're using Facebook app or the other version you probably would be, I would have to look into it. We don't have an app, so we really do not know that. We don't track that number. And then kind of see from it, if it really affects you, is this something you're going to, you know, lose your uh, sleep over it or are you just going to basically ignore it for now? And if you ask me, you know, I would just let ignore it. I probably think there is a lot of hype and a lot less uh, actual thing data that came out and that says, you know, again, Facebook has an agenda to push uh, and Apple's becoming privacy focused. Apple has always been a privacy focused company, privacy first company. uh, And so we expect this more from Apple in the future as well. With that, let's move on to the next one, which is a podcast company breaker joins Twitter. So again, 
If you are following the show, we have covered it, the launch of Twitter Spaces and everything. It's basically Twitter's audio-only tweet platform integrated into Twitter. Why this is interesting is because audio is catching on. Now, if you haven't heard of this app called uh, Clubhouse, uh, you are not going to be uh, someone who has like, oh, I'm not staying on tra- on top of trends because Clubhouse is a new kid on the blog when it comes to audio slash social media slash audio only in a social media channel. Um, it's catching on. It's kind of quite popular right now amongst a lot of the marketeers. We covered it again, I think last week or the week before that in our show. What this basically means is that Audio only has a feature, like just how if you are listening to this podcast or show, uh, you know uh, there is a you know market segment for audio only. It really frees up people to engage uh, without having to look into the video and dress up and things like that. It, I think you know and a lot of people have issues or not issues. I take it back. A lot of people have uh, you know just don't want to be on video. Right. They get very self-conscious or they get like, you know, very, uh, uptight just cause, you know, they're on video. They, I mean, oh my God, am I smiling the right way? How are, is my lighting okay? Is my camera okay? Is my connection okay? A lot of bandwidth, things like that. So audio only, why we are covering is that audio only is an option. It is a valid option that's happening in 2021. And I think it's just going to explode. So. If you are thinking of doing videos and you don't want to do videos, then you can do audios uh, and, you know, you can do video and then split out the audio. This is how we do this podcast. Uh, we just keep the video around just in case if we ever want to use it. So, and we do sometimes, we do sometimes not, we do try to post all the videos as well in our YouTube. It's just there for someone to ever find us and things like that. So audio is a, is a thing happening in 2021. I would say stay on it, uh, be on it, and it will only help you. Next, we have an update from YouTube. YouTube actually changes the copyright policy. This is three strikes and you are out. This is happening because of all the things that are happening in the world. It's, if you ask me again, not taking any political side, uh, especially in the US, I'm just saying, you know, this is a good thing and a bad thing is something a double edged sword because, you know, again, with this, if you're doing things, something that is against YouTube's terms and policies, they're going to throw you out. It borderline censorship. Right. How this all plays out, we will see. We have seen this week uh, or last week, we have seen platforms like YouTube, uh, sorry, not YouTube. Yeah, YouTube, Facebook and Twitter uh, basically uh, ban President Trump uh, from the platforms um, where Twitter basically banned, it, banned his account permanently because he's pushed something that was not in line and he, they felt like, you know, it was... <laughs> Um, creating violence uh, and riots in the U.S. Well, I feel like, you know, some of these platforms are acting as the judge. It's like a parallel government, parallel, uh, you know, judiciary, which is something they should have actually let the government, the court systems um, go through it rather than having some guy executive at Twitter, whether it's Jack Dorsey, the CEO, or some ex- high-level executive come to a conclusion, well, yeah, you are inciting violence, so we are going to go take your account down. They may have done, I would have been more okay with if they've done it permanently and then, you know, defer this whole decision back to the court system and let them come through it rather than like, you know, now coming across and, uh, you know, 
make it taking an action because you know what we if depending on which side of the political spectrum you're in you might be excited you might be pissed off but look at this way it just creates more divide uh it just shows how big these uh platforms have become uh they are shielded from lawsuits and they are have a say tomorrow your and my account is going to get banned for god forbid for saying something that they may not agree with and then where are we going to go there is no legal recourse right and if someone like president trump can get banned obviously again i'm just saying i'm not taking sides you and i can also get banned right and if you and i are, if he cannot get a recourse if he cannot get it back reinstated then how are we going to do it but again i digress but basically for youtube you know make sure you check out the copyright policy make sure you are on on it again not just youtube facebook instagram any platform you are on make sure you are not doing anything cuz this pe- this people want you to follow these platforms they want you to follow uh, everything to the t okay last up uh, our bonus segment for this week it's going to be five takes uh, for writing successful seo content just in case you do are in writing blogs and putting things out there blogging has always been uh, something big to br- bring traffic to your site so number one is do a proper keyword research uh, use google keyword planner or ahrefs to come up with a list of keywords that would be lucrative for your website uh number 2 is keyword implementation is tricky which is you should also check how many times you're using the keyword in your content whether or not you're mentioning the keyword into the header first or in last paragraph so if you're writing an article about snapchat we want to see where you are implementing those snapchat words is it in the top in the header in the subheader in the intro paragraph things like that because again ai is smarter now this they want to just they don't want you to just do keyword stuffing they want to actually have sentences that can make sense uh number 3 choose your topic wisely top it should be something worth your readers time which they're interested in now again you can write crappy stuff or you can write stuff for the sake of writing it but you know if it doesn't make sense all these platforms especially google knows when someone's coming to your site and when they're bouncing off and they're going to catch on and they're going to figure it out and then you're going to you're going to get penalized uh number 4 um you know acquire some knowledge of seo uh technical seo would actually help uh it's again goes back into again i don't want you to become uh, like a so nerd that you know you're going deep but just get some idea on how to, what technical seo is it's very easy there are plenty of content out there just google the search uh, google the word technical seo you will get a long list of like you know having https on having this on uh mobile friendly things like that and number 5 the last part is that make long enough content what that basically means write something you know don't just write like something like 100 100 words or 200 words write a little bit more uh, write something more meaningful write something uh, that's like you know compelling right again there are formats to write about again i don't want to go too much into it right now but you know it's just how human brains process information uh but you know even if you're writing something you know about a more uh you know say weight loss right if some you're writing about weight loss and weight loss and someone comes finds your website and is reading a blog that essentially take into account that you know this person wants to read what you have so let's not assume that they already know a lot about weight loss and just teach everything that we can teach through that blog as much as we can without making it boring and dry uh that would make it uh very interesting and with that actually we are at the end of our show 
Once again, this is your host, Aziz Islam. Now you know everything that you need to know for this week in marketing. Um, I will see you all next week. Signing off. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in this week. It was a pleasure to serve you all. Hit the subscribe button so that you remember to sign on next week. Same place, same time for another round of This Week in Marketing. Yeah.